Welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad to be with you. This is episode 13, Habits of Let's Talk Trash. I cannot believe we've actually made our way all the way through the acronym. And we're going to talk about this last piece today. And I have with me Janine, part of my power panel. She's here with me today. And we're going to dive into this last part, the H of trash, habits. So I want to start out by just sharing something. Have you heard this, uh, what is it, a proverb, a statement? I don't know what we want to call it, but we are creatures of habit. Janine, have you heard that? She's shaking her head. You see 100%, my friend. Yes. We are creatures of habit. I know we are because we get in our cars or I did just did this the other day. I had one point of destination in mind, got in my car, drove in the complete opposite direction for a mile before I connected that my autopilot of, I am a creature of habit going in this direction, kicked in to say, you were going somewhere else. Now we might say that I was just crazy and I was like losing my train of thought of what I was doing. No, it actually was habitual. I am habitually going in a certain direction and I automatically went that way. So I wanna offer a different perspective on we are creatures of habit. I agree with that 100%. But for the purpose of bringing it under the auspices of trash, I wanna say we are created by our habits. We are created by our habits. And habits are the product of repetition. And we are created by what we repeat. Habits are something that are produced by continued effort and focused. They are repeated patterns of behavior. My getting in the car, making a left out of my development, going down my hill, making another left. I have done that pattern so much over the last six months that it was automatic. When I got to that point, I just went left when I really needed to go right. Repeated patterns of behavior that can, listen, they can work for us and they can work against us. They are something that we've settled into our regular rhythm, our regular tendency, our regular practice, whether it's get up at 7 a.m., stretch, go to the restroom, go make a cup of coffee, sit down, read your digital paper, watch your favorite morning show, whatever that regular tendency or practice is, is a habit. And I wanna add this piece for your consideration. Habits are those things that are especially hard to give up because they have become our autopilot. 
And I'm going to talk about in a, in a couple of minutes why they are hard to give up. But I want to connect this through all of the episodes, all of the conversations that we have had leading up to this moment, all the work that we have been doing, you've been doing on your side, the panel and I have been doing on our side, all of this has been leading to this point and this moment where we can finally recognize it is time to let go of this final component of trash that might be holding us back. And it's the habits. Everything we've been talking about from the triggers and the trauma that create them and go hand in hand with them to the way we begin to react and respond, those things we have accommodated, all of how we evaluate ourselves, build the habits that have created the person listening to me right now. These are the patterns that have hindered and impaired growth, development, progress, and even relationships, personal and professional. Think back to those triggers. The triggers and the trace elements, they are the things that jumpstart the autopilot response of habits. So let's talk trash community. I wanna start with a couple of questions for your consideration. Have you carried this trash so long that it's hard to let go? As we have talked about it, we have talked about this. We've had a conversation for 12 weeks now. Have you identified some things that even though we are giving you insights on, you find it hard to let go? Have you continued to develop habits that accommodate the trash rather than facing it and putting it out of your life? Is the facing it difficult? Have you felt that tension as you try to look at it and let go of those accommodations? Is it now your normal to live buried beneath the trash? Has that become so normal that even the consideration of getting rid of it is challenging? And lastly, I want you to think about, do you have coping systems constructed on the trash that are impacting your life. Habits are a part of a system. And we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. So with those questions in mind, let's get this conversation started. This is Let's Talk Trash with Valerie Cheney, and I'm ready to go. So habits, everyone in the context, in the context of trash, what we've been talking about, they are the systems of behavior that have been constructed as a result of the trash that we carry. 
And here's the process that I want to submit to you. This is my observation as a coach working with others, whether it's in business or growth or health, this is my observation. Or doing that hard work of looking in that mirror and looking myself in the eye and facing what was going on with me, here's my observation. The system or the process of habits is triggers, equal action, equal reward, equal repeat. Triggers, action, reward, repeat. It's a system because it's secular and it builds one upon the other. And so you might be thinking right now, what does she mean reward? What does that got to do with habits, right? Reward, that's a strange term to be part of habit forming when you think about it, but not really. Because the reward is the comforting or affirming effect of the action that preceded it. The reward is the comforting, affirming effect of the behavior that preceded it. And if it's destructive or unproductive in nature, that's what causes and connects it to trash. So think about this. So Janine, think about this. I have a awful day at work. Mm -hmm. I am triggered by something that happened, something that said, I'm frustrated. I didn't get a result or outcome that I want. That's mm -hmm. the trigger. My right. action is I'm going to come home and eat a whole pint of ice cream. Right. right. That's the action. Now, the reward of that is, oh, I feel better. That somehow soothed the negative triggers that were happening as a result of what happened to me at work. And so that felt good. And the next week, I get another trigger similar. It's negative. It's in a different area. And my action is, I remember when I did that two weeks ago, I ate that pint of ice cream, that rum raisin, and that felt really good. I'll do that again. Reward equals repeat because it affirmed that good feeling, I will do it again. And I will do it again. And now I have created this, remember what I talked about earlier as I started? Repeated patterns of behavior is what builds habits. And now I have a repeat pattern of behavior around eating a pint of rum raisin ice cream or whatever your thing is. And I'm creating a an habit and I'm not even conscious of the fact that that's what I'm doing. So we have to look at this and be aware, right? Of the fact that something triggered me. There is an action that I'm taking. There is an affirming or confirming or comforting effect from that action. Therefore, I'm now repeat, I'm locking that in because I enjoyed that. I'm locking that in 
and I will go back into my file and pull it forward the next time I feel that way. And I will repeat that. And I am unconsciously building habits. Janine, is there some science to back up what I'm saying, right? Why are these types of habits formed? Help from a science perspective, what's actually happening here to back up what I'm saying? Oh my goodness, my friend. This is quite possibly my favorite conversation that we're having because so much of our own development and success depends on the type of habits we build in our lives. And and you hit two things that I'm going to talk about. Uh, first is when we use food as a reward, the science behind that is, you know, the dopamine receptors are our reward center in our brains, right? And every time, you know, there are certain foods that, you know, you said ice cream, maybe something really um, simple carbohydrate um, that create what we call a dopamine hit, mm-hmm. right? And so we have a very scientific term for when things don't go well with a person or at work, it's called icky sauce. (laughs) (laughs) And when you experience that icky sauce, either someone threw it on you or you, somebody brought icky sauce into the room and you go home trash over your face. There you go. And you go home with all that icky sauce on you, your dopamine receptors say, well, let's do something to feel better. And a lot of our default behavior goes to food, unfortunately. And so if your health is your wider goal, that's something, as you said, um, Val, unconsciously you're going to as a default behavior, that's something that once you make that conscious, you can start to change that. So in it, you know, before I go on, I wanted to just share a little bit of that, what you had just said, how scientific that actually is. And our brain's reward center sometimes is mindlessly in control of us. In control, right? Right, 100%. I remember somebody saying, that we only do things for two reasons, the avoidance of pain and the increase of pleasure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And And so our habits are created around those two things. It's astounding how simple it is. And Mm -hmm. as you and I go through some things that people can do to, to move from this, you know, from that stuck place, um, well, it actually isn't that hard, but we're going to provide information and systems. So my, my feeling is, you know, I think that we, we can make this really doable for people. So let's talk a little bit about how tiny behavior changes can lead to remarkable results, right? So, you know, one of my favorite quotes is you don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the, to the level of your systems, right? Yes. Yes. And I know we're going to talk. Yeah, you don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. And you and I are going to talk later about systems. It's a profoundly simple, but it's a huge aha moment. It was for me anyway. Um, and I, I define a habit as, as a routine, very similar to what you said, or behavior that is performed regularly and is automatic when systematized, right? Habits can help you fulfill your potential, stick with them for years, because often the quality of our lives depends on the quality of our habits, right? Absolutely. We're so created by our habits. 100%. Go for small wins. This is, this is sort of my recommendation. And I'm going to talk about the science behind this. Um, small wins, tiny breakthroughs. So start small. The science behind this is this. And you had said it in a nutshell, Val. We have four laws of behavior change. Okay, scientifically speaking, and this is work by behavioral scientists. So we have a cue, Mm -hmm. we have a craving, 
we have a response and we have a reward, right? And this is just that basic law of behavior change. We understand also how our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs impact that behavior, right? For instance, if you think you can or think you can't, you're right. You're right. You're right. If you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And this is one of those moments where, you know, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can change my habits. I think I can, you know, put a different goal in mind. So let me give an example, a scientific example, very simple. So basic habit cue and reward. Mm -hmm. I want to take my vitamins every morning. And this is true. This is exactly how I implemented this habit for me. So I want to take my vitamins every morning. Why? Because vitamins are good for me and I feel better, especially my anti-inflammatory things like turmeric, right? And okay, how do I remember to take my vitamins every morning? Well, what do I do every morning already as a habit? I drink coffee. Okay, so I go over to my coffee station and what did I put at my coffee station? My vitamins, right? So now we're getting into something called habit stacking. Mm-hmm. It's a great, great uh, practice. So if you're already doing one thing that works for you, right? stack something on top of that. So just by the simple, simple act of putting my vitamins near my coffee station, I stacked my vitamin taking with my habit of drinking coffee. So now I never forget to take my vitamins so that I reached that goal, right? Can I ask, can I just pile on a stack? Absolutely. Yes. So not talking to you about that, right? Right. I I do a similar thing. I'm going to add another layer. Love it that for a second. My thing is I drink my healthy protein shake. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing I do in the morning. Mm -hmm. I have my shake. My vitamins are here and my water container that holds 24 ounces of water is right there. So when I go to fill up my shaker bottle with water at the fridge to make my shake, the 24 ounce water bottle gets filled right after that. So now I have my shake, my vitamins, my water, because I've stacked it around something that's already a positive behavior thing. I didn't even talk to you about that. Right. We just aligned right there. We right just there. aligned with yep. that. Right. Yep. So add. That's it. Put that That's water bottle next to that coffee station. That's right. Or put it by your bedside in the morning to remind right. you first thing. You know, there's great bacteria in your mouth that when you swallow it, it goes down to your gut and improves your microbiome. So, hey, drinking water first thing in the morning right is super there. great, right? I know some people that put their walking shoes by their bed. Ah. Right? And they get out. We get out on the same side of the bed, right? We don't bury that right? That's a habit. So they stack stack that morning exercise. I'm going to put my walking shoes right by my bed for them. That works for them. It's the first thing that goes on. And then they go for their exercise in the morning. So brilliant examples. And everybody's is different. Um, And my, my it's back to that little wins that you talked about, right? This is a little win. I could add this to that. Now I got a change system coming, coming, right? Right. So how much is good? We always say 1% better every day. And this is like compound interest. It's like putting your money in the bank. And well, don't go into my space. Don't I go know, right? That. I know. And I don't have any authority on that at all. I'm, you know, I defer yeah, to you, my friend, my to all things financial. Compound interest. <laughs> but you know, 
when you start to add money in that compound interest account, you are, your money is making money, right? Your habits, your good habits can create good habits as well. So we're stacking. Uh, so by using that stacking, we're building one on the other. And over time, this is important, over time, because this doesn't happen right away, right? We want to be in a creative process, right? The creative process of improving our lives incrementally 1% every day. And that's, that is a creative process, right? And we'll talk a little bit about the system later. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All yeah. right. So yeah. now we talked about building this when they're positive. I think I want to shift it because I think it's important under this context of trash to talk about how they can be broken. Yes, that was a question I was going to ask you. Okay. All right. So let's think about this, right? If we're under this umbrella of trash and maybe we don't have some of these stacked good habits that Janine and I are talking about, or maybe the trash and the the sound of those trace elements, right, is so loud that it's hard for you to identify even positive habits that you have. I had a client this week, as a matter of fact, that we were talking about a goal that they had out in front of them that they wanted to achieve. And we were checking in on that goal. And I said, so how we were at the point where the goal should be achieved and checking in, where are you? Are, is it accomplished? Can we check it? Or did we get close? What do we look like? And, the, and my client said, I failed. I said, you failed? Talk to me about that because failure is only failure if you don't learn from it. So you've got to talk to me about this because you've been having these incredible learnings all throughout this process of moving toward the goal. Tell me about it. And this is what they said. I got to it and then I had to redirect and do something else. So as a coach, I said, wait a minute. I thought you said you failed. Well, I did because I didn't get to do with it what I planned to do with it. I had to redirect. So being the coach, I said, tell me more about this. I need you to lift up the failure for me. Well, I couldn't do what I wanted to do with it. That's not a failure. The goal was X. I need to accumulate X and you accumulated X. That's a win. And it is, but the 75% negative self-talk that we have on a daily basis said, because what I accumulated couldn't be applied the way I wanted it to be applied, I failed. That's not a failure. And it is the trash that makes it hard to see the positive habits that you've already formed. It makes it hard to see the positive steps that you've already taken. So then I asked this question, Janine. I said, 
what you had to redirect it to, was that something that was important? Yes, it was actually important and it became urgent. I said, oh, so the fact that you achieved this goal made the urgent and important possible. Oh my gosh, Val. Perspective. Ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. Had you not achieved this, this over here that showed up unexpectedly would now be hanging over you as a stressor and a challenge and as something that's negative, and you would not have been able to solve it. But the fact that you won here allowed you to solve something else that came up over here. But trash dulls and dampens our ability to see where we are actually winning in our lives. So how can we break that? That in and of itself is a habit. And we've got to be able to break that so that we can see failure is only failure when you don't learn from it. The moment you can take a lesson from it and move forward, it wasn't even failure. It wasn't even failure. And I need that to stick. I need that to stick. So how can we break it? This is this is some coaching work that I do with clients, right? Prepare. First off, pre- by preparation, I mean do an assessment. What are my habits? Again, I know I'm asking you for work that makes you face yourself in a way that you may not challenge and face yourself, but it's necessary. Prepare, do an assessment of your habits. Just get a piece of paper and write down the things for a week. What's the things that I did throughout the day on Monday? And then what did I do on Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way through the week? And then when you get to the end of the week on Sunday, I want you to take a look back and circle every place where there was a repetitive behavior that showed up. And then ask yourself this question, did that behavior work for me or against me? Is as simple as that. Let's prepare, let's figure out the behaviors that are working for us, keep them and stack them. And the the behaviors that are working against you, that leads me to number two, replace it. And by replace it, I mean, you have to really put some thought in this. Get back to, get to your vision. What is the vision for yourself? What is the vision for your life? Because replace means you have to want something else more than that habitual behavior. You've got to want something that's more productive and more empowering more than you want that limiting behavior or habit. Replace it. If it's not working for you, you got to have a trash day. Bag it up, throw it out, and put something more productive and empowering in its place. Number three of this, how do we break it? Get some support. Tell somebody what you're looking to do. This is the habit that's no longer working for me. It worked in one season it doesn't benefit me in this one. 
get some support around it. Family, friend, again, same people, not coming up with anything revolutionary around that. Same people, trusted friend, family member, coach, whoever it is, right? Then celebrate every single time you do something new that benefits you. And I'm not talking about in some narcissistic, selfish way, right? Because that's connected to trash. We're getting rid of this trash. So all of that narcissistic, self-serving behaviors, that stuff is, we are already dealing with that. But something that is empowering and productive and is moving you out into new areas of growth and development. This is how we break from a coaching perspective, you can coach yourself, how you break those limiting, unproductive behaviors. Prepare, do an assessment, come up with what you need to replace the limiting behaviors with, get some support, and then celebrate every single tiny 1% better win that you have. Janine, I know you have some thoughts around this on some systems and some ways that we can continue to do it. Add to this, please. I love this, Val. And everything you said is so universally true in, in coaching circles and in human behavior circles, right? Uh, we are creatures of habit, right? And we're also meaning-making machines. So what you had said about the failure, the perspective of understanding whether failure was failure in our coaching circles, and you know this too, because we're in, in the help realm, we're in the same coaching circle. Uh, there is no failure, only feedback. And what you had said, as long as you're learning from it, it really isn't failure, right? So, and we love that feedback. Um, secondly, one thing that you said too, uh, is you know how we perceive our progress, right? And sometimes we need to kick our inner roommate out of oh, our head. We need to say, you know what? No, that no. negative thought, that negative, you know, thought pattern isn't really serving us. And what we're making this mean in the moment is really not true. Let's look at the facts, right? The facts are the facts. What is happening is what is happening, right? Yes. So I love that. I love what you said. Um, so let's talk systems. I have a couple things that I can recommend just based on science. Um, and let's talk about the difference between systems and goals, right? So goals are the results we want. The system is how you implement processes to get you to your goals, right? And so one of the big things we use in our coaching circles, our health coaching circles is a structural tension chart. And when there's tension, there's growth. And we yes. want that tension in our lives, right? We don't want comfort zone, right? There is nothing good about the comfort zone. Nothing we, good happens there. Exactly. Anything good. Nothing. You know, <laughs> we can achieve a goal and live in the comfort zone for a minute, but as soon as you're comfortable, you want to recognize that and say, okay, time to set a new goal. So a structural tension chart is easy. Take a blank piece of paper, put where you are at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Right. So whatever the goal is, a fitness goal, a, a, you know, home improvement, a financial goal. Right. So put that at the bottom and then put 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 where you are at the bottom and then put your ultimate goal at the top. OK, so we have the goal at the top. And then in between is where that beautiful creative process happens. The creative tension. And this is the system that we're going to create. It's like scaffolding toward your goal. Right. And teachers use this all the time with lesson planning. We're going to create a scaffold, a system of behavior 
that is going to get us to this next level. And leveling up, my friends, is what it's all about, right? And that's all where the work actually happens. That's it. That's the system. That's it. And everybody's system looks different because everybody's where they are at a different place and everybody's goals are different. So whatever your goal is, that determines the system. It's like as a teacher, I create a lesson plan and I don't create the lesson plan right away. I create what I want the students to learn. Yes. And I go back and I go, okay, what is it that I need to do to get them to that point? Well, this is the same thing, the structural tension chart. All you need is a pen, a blank piece of paper and your little heart's desire (laughs) at the top. Oh my God, that sounds like a vision. Okay. That's sounding like vision to me. (laughs) Exactly. So that we have that, right? And then the other thing I want to share is too, this, there's one technique that I use because sometimes in the course of a day, we have people, we have variables, I call them. We have people, we have situations Mm -hmm. that might um, occur in our lives where um, if we, how we handle them, it's not reaction, but it's response. Right. And so to the, you know, I've, I've given this vision before, you know, a nuclear reactor or a fire person, someone who responds to fires. Right. And do we want to be hot and reactive or do we want to be part of the solution? Right. So stopping and we call it stop, challenge, choose. Mm-hmm. And this is a system that, you know, well, Val, that's in our healthy community. We use that by becoming fully aware in any given moment when a stimulus or event happens by choosing to delay the response the thinking brain is engaged. So this is our frontal lobes, right? This makes us human and we can affect an outcome more aligned with the goal at the top, right? So as you're traveling through your structural tension chart, right? And you're taking steps, you might find the variables come in Mm -hmm. and they're trying to pull you out of your empowerment triangle and into what I call the drama triangle, right? And we have, so we've got the structural tension chart that's a tool. That's a system. And then we have the this work, the mind work, stop, challenge, choose, that will help us stay on that path no matter what toward our goal. So I hope that's helpful. I have two books to recommend at the end. So remind me to do that. Okay, I will. Yeah. And so yeah. that example, I think, marries very well with what I was sharing, right? Exactly. Client had a variable that entered in. Bingo. And because that variable came in, they saw the ultimate goal as being unachieved. Right. When in fact, what they had been moving and stepping towards all along Mm -hmm. became the solution to the variable. So good. Present and readily accessible to solve the problem. I love that. I love that. And, you know, that might have been and I call these happy accidents, you know, and when you open yourself up to that, you know, you're and you're in the creative process. And, you know, as a choreographer as well, I'm sometimes in the studio and I have a goal in mind with a particular piece of choreography. And then a dancer will do something. and I go, hold on a minute. I like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that that what happened there, just like with your client, it actually stacked toward the goal. Right. But the client didn't perceive that. And what we want to do is open our mental aperture to see that the creative process is open to that fluidity, right? And we know the person with the most flexibility stands the best chance of success, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now they can, that individual can take what they did and replicate it. Exactly. It's like a science experiment. 
Yes. They were like, wait a minute. Yep. Now I see it. I can re I can redo that. Mm-hmm. I can replicate, right? Repeat. Yeah. The reward was I, I was able to not only move through what I was trying to accomplish as a discipline, mm-hmm. but I also solved the unexpected variable. And I felt really now I feel really good about it. Reward. I want to repeat that. I love that. And, you know, we can become masters of dealing with that unexpected variable, right? So your client instinctively did that so well, right? She used that to get her to the goal, you know, and and I think just you, this is what we do as coaches. We ask questions and we help our people become aware that, you know what, the process is fluid and things happen for us, not to us. Right. And having that perspective, things happen for us, not to us. How can I use that for me? All right. That's just entered my, my equation. How can I use that for me? Right. That's masterful thinking. And I hope our, our audience is open to, to this work because it really has made all the difference in my life. It makes a difference. Right. And it was the fact that the hard work of creating the discipline put that individual in a position to be successful when a challenge presented itself. Absolutely. That discipline has become a habit that can be replicated, whether they were initially in tune to it or not. Having that, this is a shameless plug for the support I'm talking about, right? Whether it's family, friend, coach, whoever it is, having that objective support around you to see what you can't see can connect to those behaviors that you want to maintain and continue in your life. So now for our listeners, as, as we start to wrap this, I had a question actually come in um, through the Instagram page about this, how, and I'm going to put it in the con, they were just asking in general, how can I know if I have trash, just Give me an over, just give me a summation, right? I'm listening to everything you're saying and I'm starting to get some inklings and indications and clues and I have some pieces of the puzzle and I'm not exactly sure how to connect those pieces together. And we're going to help you with some more of that in, in the next season on how to connect all of this. But for right now, I shaped it under how can our listeners know if they have trash form habits, Mm. right? Four things I'm going to tell you to look for. And this is in any area of the trash acronym, the traumas and triggers, the reactions and responses, accommodations, self-value, self, how you value self, all of that, and then habits. Are there unproductive or destructive self sabotaging behaviors or mindsets in your life. Number one, you will know trash is present if you have unproductive, destructive, self-sabotaging behaviors and mindsets. Number one. Number two, fortified resistance to change. What do I mean by that? Your stubbornness as it pertains to 
really getting clear about those unproductive, destructive, self-sabotaging behaviors and mindsets is supercharged. Mm. It is fortified, right? Think about a fortress. It is now enclosed and protected. Nothing breaks through. You have a supercharged stubbornness about hearing the feedback of your outcomes or the caring people around you, you can't hear it and you can't see it because you have fortified your resistance to change. Number three, you can tell trash is present in your life when the behaviors I just talked about, you make excuses for them. You justify them. You give them a reason and a platform to continue to exist. And number four, you can tell trash is present when your behaviors are connected to fear and insecurity. And the way that you show up in life and the habits that you allow to exist are now your coping, comforting mechanisms. For my friend that wrote that and asked that question, what a courageous question you asked. Thank you for asking it because you're not the only person that wanted to know that. You were the only one brave enough to ask me. I'm gonna repeat those four things. How do I know, really, really know, when trash is present in my life? You have unproductive, destructive, self-sabotaging behaviors and mindsets. You have a fortified resistance to change. You are stubborn about change, even in the light of feedback from your own outcomes and the people around you that point you to the fact that there is change that is needed. And instead, you make excuses for it, you justify it, and you allow it to live. And then when your behaviors are connected to fear and insecurity, those habits have become a coping, comforting mechanism for you. You've got some trash to put out. And listeners, it's time to let it go. It's time to let it go. And the reason is hard. Those trace elements in that trash, I told you this in the very beginning, they talk to you. That's what the negative self-talk is. That's the unwanted roommate that Janine talked about that's constantly telling you what you can't do, why you can't do it. Right. And it will tell you right now, as I'm tell as I'm giving you the answer, it will be telling you, you can't let it go. Be afraid to let it go. It's going to tell you that the emptiness that will come as a result of letting go of this trash will be overwhelming to you. And you have to silence that lying voice and replace it with the truth that you have heard 
over the last 12 weeks. Let that vision that you have for yourself, the one we started with, and if you jumped in somewhere in the middle because somebody told you to listen to a specific episode, I'm going to tell you, go back to the beginning. Go back to the beginning where we talked about living in your vision and creating a vision and letting your perspective of your future empower you to take the corrective action that is necessary to continue to grow. It's going to take courage. It took courage for me. Did it take courage for you, Janine? Oh my goodness. This is, this work does take courage. And I, on the heels of you mentioning courage, I want to just remind our listeners, we are only born with two fears. We are only born with two fears, falling, fear of falling and fear of loud noises, right? Every other fear is learned. So think about that listeners, right? And I love that, you know, it, this does take courage. This work takes courage. And if you're listening and you have been listening and you're taking steps, oh my gosh, I just want to give you a big hug, right? Because this is hard work, right? Our humanity is amazing and difficult. It's very hard work. These frontal lobes right here, you know, we have, there's the possibilities are endless, but yet they can be our worst enemies too, right? So you said it, Val, kick out that inner roommate and recognize that we really are only born with two fears. And so looking back at, you know, maybe your environment, you know, what the things that you believe are true for yourself maybe aren't anymore and you can work through those fears. Absolutely. Absolutely. So bring that courage to the forefront, right? And do the work. Why? Because you are worth it. That's right. You are worth it. Do the work. And so it almost pains me then we have come to the end of what I consider from your feedback. Those of you have reached out and encouraged and helped us to expand our reach and put it out there and encourage others to listen. This has been an incredible first season. And we will be back in the fall. I got some stuff I got to take care of. My daughter is graduating and smooths and all kinds of stuff going on, but we're going to think about ways to just pop up live and have conversations about this trash and answer questions and maybe do some mini coaching sessions if somebody wants to bring something, but we'll communicate that through the Facebook page and the Instagram page, and there will be a season two. And in season two, we're going to help you put these puzzle pieces together. Please, over this time, go back to these episodes, listen to them, pull out more notes. I believe every time you listen to it, you're going to hear something different and gain something different out of it. Maybe there's a couple of books we've mentioned, and Janine has two more over the course of This season one, you might want to get and start to read as we prepare for season two. But Janine, before we go, what are the two books you want to recommend? Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, So the first one is is Atomic Habits by James Clear. And if you know uh, James Clear, his personal story is really astounding. I won't give it away, but this this is really the crux of what we talked about today. Everything is in here. This man's story 
is powerful. So I recommend that. And then the second book is connected with our healthy program. If people are interested in improving their physical health along with their mindset, this is the curriculum that goes along with our own programs called the Life Book. There's some journaling in here, but a lot of this encompasses a lot of things that we talked about today. So I recommend those two books. And I know you can direct your listeners to those. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you can find it on Instagram um, for the James Clear book. It's on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And for the Healthy Habits book, you can find that on Optavia, O-P-T-A-V-I-A.com. You can find that there. All right. It has been a joy, Janine, my friend, to be with you and for Leah in her absence as the power panel for season one of Let's Talk Trash. It is incredible to have these conversations with you and to learn and to grow with you. And to our listeners, until we come back together again in the fall, make every day trash day and we will see you soon. Bye now.